Cheers. Cheers. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Episode eight, hot D. Cheers again. Pour some out for Viserys. Let's get right to it. <laughs> Let's so you get found out right he was for sure dead from the after the episode, though. It, it was very clear that he was dead, mm-hmm. but. I was scared. <laughs> I guess it's like one of those things maybe where... Maybe next episode he's wearing more of a mask. Maybe next episode Both he's wearing more of a mask. Gone. Right, exactly. Or he is completely mute or, you know, everything is gone. He's just bones, but he's still like technically alive. I guess I felt like there was some sort of hope that maybe we had such a nice time tonight, you know? And everything ended on such a tragic note I guess I just kind of hoped until it was spoken out loud that maybe we could have more time with him I am so this episode was so emotional and I'm really sad that we had to say goodbye to our guy poor Vagon to say goodbye that's who you're talking about right? yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it is a bummer he was so good this whole Damon. No, uh, Viserys. Oh, Viserys, Bateman was great yeah. in this episode, yeah, he though. Was too. He was really he good. Was. I was getting some Laws of Gods and Men Tyrion vibe from him in that same room. The conviction. There was power. The I twist mean, that, of the face. That was his last opportunity, and mm-hmm. I think he knew it, too. Yeah, he had to. But to, co- to go out like that, with the, the punch in on his face, bastards! And then the, the shot. see his tongue come out. Well, you did see his tongue. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Or something. Got a very clear angle. No, that was his tongue. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. what I thought it was. Yeah. The shot of him laying on after he'd passed, and the silence sisters were working on his body, and you see the clear, completely Valerian perfect still cut. cuts clean. <sighs> very cleanly. It was very it was like clean. a lightsaber. It was. Man, this episode was a emotional punch in the gut. I felt like it was a roller coaster from high to low to uncertainty to high to hilarity to just what was your favorite part that's t- for the end we gotta save that for the oh, end oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like your favorite outside of an own not your favorite cons- concept or idea or line but uh wh- i guess sequence what was your favorite section of the episode i really liked how this episode and this highlights something that we've been talking about for weeks that this disagreement was passed on to the kids and it spun out of control. Yeah, I saw it, that too. In this I episode, you feel it in a massive way because mm-hmm. we get Allison and Rhaenyra apologizing to each other in a way that seems pretty sincere. Yeah. And we'll never, I don't think, given the end of the episode, <laughs> be able to really follow up on how things could have potentially been between them mm-hmm. had Viserys lived a little bit longer, had the kids not fought the way they had forever, their their whole relationship. It's such a shame to see that the adults are finally able to let go of these grudges that they've been holding for years for really no reason. But it's it's too late. It's way too late. And that was tragic to me. Yeah, it feels... It feels like a smarter situation than Fire and Blood because I was supposed to be smarter reading Fire and Blood (laughs) and seeing it like this. But instead, the show sort of translated the subtext in a way that made me go, ah, so much more than it previously had. I always saw Alicent Rainier as the main guys um, of the upcoming conflicts. It looks like a Dance of the Dragons, like 
what happened in this episode. They were dancing. Literally. <laughs> All of the people that would be dancing. Right. And I was like, oh my God, it's them now. It's We thought it was not going to be them, especially the past couple of weeks because they've been growing up and they've mm-hmm. seemed precocious. I guess it's probably after Luke's toast, maybe before Eamon's toast. There was a couple looks that were shared and a couple, it, it was, I guess it was just the reaction of Amon really to the pact that had just been sort of formed between Rhaenyra and Alicent. Mm. That moment after, it seemed like, okay, you guys can decide to do this, but we're going to take over from here. Well, he should have just laughed at the really hilarious joke that they played on him. I feel like, I don't know if the rest of the kids specifically There's requested no that this this thing happened There's to him. There's no way. They're visiting. They would have literally had to have Aegon get in on that with them, it's, which I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think they're that close to him. Probably not, but it's such it a sweet... random happenstance. It's still such a sweet <laughs> You're the throw. reason he's bad, because he <laughs> you wanted it to be a prank. You're the reason. Regardless if it was a prank or not, I think you're right, but... It was a sweet throwback. Oh, and then yeah. of course Luke is going to laugh at that. It's hilarious. We're nostalgic for a couple weeks ago, everybody. Wait, of course we are. Eamon took it <laughs> way too... Eamon, I loved Eamon trying to stand up to Damon because he just like couldn't. He mm-hmm. kind of like cowered away. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you see what I'm doing here. Eamon grew a billion years in the last whatever. He looks older than literally like everybody else at the table. The, the time gap. <laughs> he looks older yeah. than everyone else at the table. Yeah. And he is <laughs> he way too serious. Yeah. <laughs> He's way too Definitely serious. Yeah, no, I love it though. Me too. I, I love it. I'm excited to see how that plays out because that level of intensity we're here for. But he's taking these things Nephews? way too seriously. I mean, yeah. That seems to be his thing. I think he's probably realized at an early age. Uh, maybe it happened before Jeff Mark. Maybe it happened during. Maybe it happened sometime in between these last two episodes. But he's he's begun to realize that people can make up their own minds and do whatever they want. But that also means that I can too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so I'm going to be a bad guy. <laughs> maybe yeah. Maybe I'll at least at least be disruptive right. to whatever your comfortable little plan is. And I also really have always liked the way that Damon dresses. <laughs> so maybe I'll integrate that a little bit also. I'm so glad they gave us that. A little bit of a in-your-face, mm-hmm. cartoony stare down between those two. Mm-hmm. It didn't go too far. I'm happy about it. it Thank was you just for making time. me like yeah. Amon and Damon's weird dynamic more than I wanted to like it. I, we, we always knew it was there, but we I guess when we were reading it, none of us were really like, and he's going to look just like Damon and also shadow him in some kind of way. And we didn't know that we needed it, and we probably would have thought, eh, if we'd have been told that, like, you guys are going to do that. But they're making moves ahead of the, like, four or five steps ahead of us where it's they're not going to wait until season two to give you these nostalgic-feeling things. They already know that you're going to love it. They already know that you're going to like it. So mm-hmm. let's lay it on thick. And uh, it, that's when we're seeing something new, you know, like the pig. We all n- know and, and expect from settings like this, art that's set in time periods like this, the how thou this and there. But what we don't know to expect is that little weird shit, mm-hmm. like Amon and Damon's dynamic that's growing and Luke and Jace's dynamic with him and... The weird shit between uh, Allison and Aegon at the beginning of the episode, little stuff like that, is uh, that's just they already know that we're gonna like it. 
It's intimate. Everyone's saying this is the best episode they've seen, and I'm like, I don't know about that. Really? Yeah, everyone is saying, well, a lot of folks are at least, are saying that this is their favorite so far. And Why would you say you don't know about that? I don't know. I just, I feel like the last episode was just so, it was so iconic. It felt so carved and so designed to feel like a specific way, and there was definite moments of that in this episode but it didn't feel as seamless to me Mm -hmm. i think this is agreeing with you but i I would say that this episode held probably some of the most powerful scenes in the season so far at least for me that scene of viserys hobbling through the throne room Mm -hmm. to sit on the and he's like Otto. it tells Otto, i'll sit here today i'll take the chair today comes to defend rhaenyra and Damon helps him sit down, and we could go on and on about I love that scene. That Damon was the last one to help him along the way. Oh, he wouldn't let anybody help Says him no until Damon else. helped him. But I would say scenes like that—that's maybe one of my all-time favorite scenes of House of the Dragon. Mm. But I would not—I would agree with you in saying this is probably isn't my favorite episode. So I think I had some really unbelievable moments. But like you're saying, maybe not strung together quite as well as we were last episode. Not to critique it at all, because. <laughs> I was gripped was the whole time. Yeah, that scene, like like I said, that scene is maybe one of my favorite scenes in House of the Dragon. Period. Like you were saying, this is about family, and this is about the same narrative that Viserys is repeating over and over again this whole episode. But they can't be strong if they're divided. He's like the House of the Dragon. You know, we we have to stick together. We got the call out for that title and the, the Song of Ice and Fire in one episode. Yeah. If only they said Game of Thrones. Right. <laughs> and also, the trifecta. Vaymon would have been perfect to say that. Uh-huh. Yes, he would Or Damon right after he cuts his face in half. That was, un- I mean, that whole sequence was pretty unbelievable. I've always liked a good beheading, but the face in half, I've, I've been wanting to see that for a while. And when, I know that we've seen it, but I liked, I liked seeing it like that. That was right in our face and kind of the focus. And we was, also got to see the museum display of what it would look like afterward. That was pretty neat. Didn't really need to see the optops begin though no it was a little unnecessary but I think it just highlighted Rainey's whole deal what, what was her, her deal in that she think? was talking about I think the High Septon or whoever it was the Grand Maester sorry was telling her not to look mm-hmm. he's like this bad luck essentially is what he says to her and she says and I'm scrolling to find exactly what she says she's the stranger visited her plenty of times so she doubts that the stranger would care if she had a glance or had a bit of a look if her eyes were open or closed yeah and I felt like being able to really see Damon's dirty work Damon's handiwork after she already believes that Rhaenyra and likely Damon she only addresses Rhaenyra specifically mm-hmm killed Lenor. I mean, once again, this family takes another one of her siblings. I would love to get a little bit more insight onto Rainey's feelings. Because we got that look. She's obviously dealt with a lot of tragedy. She doesn't know what's going on with Corliss. Mm-hmm. He's not back yet. She hasn't seen him in a really long time. Six years. The whole time since the time jump. Yeah. And Vaymond is gone and, and he what he was saying was treason, but the whole thing was pretty brutal. Plus the conversation that she had with Rhaenyra and Rhaenyra wasn't sure if Rhaenys was going to buy her final plea essentially Mm -hmm. until they're in the throne room. But I mean, she's been around the longest. She has this really great 
wealth of knowledge, whether we would agree with her opinion or not. She's mm. just, she's seen some stuff. And so I would be curious if she is cool with how this, ha- I mean. That's the thing. I think that's really the the pain of this whole situation is that what you're describing, uh, her situation, she's been alone at Driftmark and she's taken on her granddaughter, Bela, as a ward. And I'm not sure if it was for that whole time, but no Corliss. She's probably doesn't like that, but she's probably doing okay. And uh, she's ruling Driftmark. And she's got all of the perspective and was uh, the queen who never was. So you would think at this moment that her best play wouldn't be supporting Rhaenyra, Mm -hmm. but it was. And that's kind of sad that all the way down all the way down the line, all the way up until this point, that's still where her situation is really at. She made the move that Viserys or that Alicent should have made or that Viserys should have decreed, which is marry the two houses together, mm-hmm. unify the kids, and be and move on with it. I thought the confusion over who would, like the new confusion over who would take over the seat at Driftmark when Corliss is dead was mostly interesting because it, was a satellite verification of questioning the parentage of Rhaenyra's kids. But as far as who's actually going to run Driftmark at this point, it's it's. I think of it the same way as the War of the Stepstones. But I guess that's the reason why it's gotten so bad. It not, doesn't not paying attention to I guess Rainey's character. Right. I just don't know. It doesn't feel like I really have to pay that much attention to it. If this especially is as far as the bargaining goes at this point. I think that you're right, but it's a microcosm for what is happening on a broader level and it was handled in such a strong and LOL. So, <laughs> I didn't mean <laughs> such a forceful and cl- clean way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it was that's what I'm saying when Rainey's did what Viserys should have done, which is marry the kids together. They should get rid of anybody who is spreading these lies and rumors, lies and rumors about these being bastard kids. I mean, mm. Viserys's problem is that he just, and we've said this a million times, he just doesn't have the strong hand to make stuff happen. He's trying to appease everybody. I feel like we finally get a forceful Viserys in this episode. It's like his last plea to unite the family, to handle the matter of secession, but where was that forceful hand four episodes ago? That's why he was confused. They got married. They had kids. He already said it was illegal for anyone to talk about anything other than this. So why, just because I'm in bed, uh, is there a, an official audience with the throne where the throne's going to decide this matter? If anything, we didn't get enough time for him to crack into reasons why Allison and Otto might be potentially up to no good or at least doing things against what he wishes. And uh, I guess at that point, when you're at the end of it, he didn't have enough energy or hate in his heart or I guess hate's the wrong word, but a bad feeling toward them for doing things against what he wanted to do. And plus, we didn't get enough life with him because mm-hmm. maybe if he would have survived completely after today, he would have had more words for Otto. That's what I originally thought he was requesting when he was asking him for supper. Later tonight, I thought he was at saying, "Yeah, din- dinner. <laughs> you and I are going to talk about this. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna. I'm gonna say how things are going to be laid out from here on out." And I was afraid that we might lose him before then, and that would be the the style of the sour taste in your mouth, where it's like, 
Robert's letter that Cersei tore up. That mm-hmm. would have fixed everything if mm-hmm. Ned could have been mm-hmm. the regent, but mm-hmm. instead, yeah. Well, the tragedy too is that Alicent is genuinely confused about what Viserys is saying. Right. And so it's not even, it's so interesting because it's not even that Alicent is taking a grab for power because she feels like it's her right and duty. I know mm-hmm. that she does, but things seem to be squashed in this episode between her and Rhaenyra. She calls Rhaenyra the queen. Mm-hmm. But then she hears a thing from Viserys and Viserys says to her, um, you're you're the one, you must do this. He's talking about the prince that was promised. He's talking about Aegon, all these things. And she doesn't, <laughs> she just doesn't understand what he's, she's never heard this before. So right. how is she supposed to know? And so that's. So you think that she heard it as Aegon has to be the king for sure now. No completely, oh, completely. No. I mean, he was saying Aegon, the <laughs> no. prince that was promised, you have to do this. You're the one. Ooh, I thought maybe that some of the pain would be that she didn't, wouldn't know later how to pass the prophecy down mm. potentially i think she doesn't understand that it's a prophecy i think she thinks it's, she thought he was talking about which i think is so sad because once again allison is going to act thinking that she has true authority or thinking that, that she's, she's truly right carrying thing. truly doing the right thing truly carrying out the king's wishes when in reality unfortunately viserys thought that was <sighs> rain era which is so sad because things seem to be it's like you know Rainer's like I'm gonna be right back and everything's gonna be fine we're gonna be friends again we're gonna talk this whole thing out Otto's clapping and laughing I mean everything's gonna be fine the parents are gonna handle it the kids are a little out of control but the parents are gonna handle it they're not it. too big to go to bed exactly Amond. the <laughs> you know points right in his face <laughs> you finger lingers for six <laughs> seconds and then he walks away that would have been I would have, I would have even taken that. Sure. You could give me that level of cheese, literally. He could have pointed at Damon right in the face and said, I'll see you later. Right. And it would have been okay. Oh, the overturn. Remember Damon's for, sword hand? What if he did that? Anyway. Oh yeah, the point. The point. Oh, it's the same energy. Yeah. I could totally see, Oh my God. It's just a little doppelganger. So everybody check this out. This is what the people adapting this show have this is their energy they're bringing, right? This is an analogy for pretty much the whole season. In the book, um, King Viserys dies too. But when he passes away, Rhaenyra and Damon, etc., are not at the Red Keep. Did he die after they'd already left? Or are they still going to be there? Like, are they going to know about it before they leave? That's what I'm saying. Such a good question. So... It's easier to cover something up when you know that you would need to carry word by Dragonback or Cinder Raven. It already would have been it already would have been difficult then because at that point you've got all the people that knew about the word that was being sent and then all the potential vectors of the word being read by someone else and blah 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 blah. So that's tense enough. But the tension of her knowing when she's going to find Viserys the next morning or if she visits him again or someone visits him throughout the night, the tension of them potentially still being there by the next episode. And then, um, spoiler, we'll spoil stuff, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to say it. Anyway, so they're there. And so that's that's the approach the showrunners are doing. They're, it's, let's just turn it up to 11. That's such an interesting, it's such an interesting move. I'm I'm not fully bought into it yet that... Rainier and Damon are still actually there. 
I think there's a possibility that they end up leaving before they find out that Viserys is gone. Yeah, maybe. And that, that's what I'm saying. That's what that that would be worse. That they missed because, it. Because but they didn't though. They were right. there. And that makes it all worse. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, wait a second, I gotta turn around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just making it just turn the knife a little bit harder is what they seem to be doing for the, for the TV show. That's what they've done with, with yeah. basically everything. Yeah, I like this, it. I, this I whole really time, they've done like, a really good job. I like it in this case a lot, too, because we got this really great final run of Viserys. And we've come to like him so much as viewers of the show. So to give us something really pointed to stare at the whole episode mm-hmm. and uh, for that to make us feel all of these things in the context of this royal family with such cartoonish problems they individually exhibit and with such a weird situation that they're all tied up with one another and for us to get those same feelings that we all feel whenever we're looking at the span of time or the role in families or how families are spending time with one another or how things have shaken out and then ultimately the one big truth of it is that underneath those faces of yours are bones that look freaky like a weird skull and your eyes are just some fleshy things that are floating in an orbital of a crazy skull that they use for decorations on Halloween. And it's just inside of all of our heads. Hope it goes well. Hope y'all do okay. And maybe we shouldn't argue too much. So let's raise a glass. And then we cheers. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't, they're like, I don't want to do that right now. I've got time to do other things. I'm young. <laughs> I don't want to do that right now, necessarily. I love that Viserys took his little Phantom of the Opera mask off because it exactly highlighted what you said. He's like, look at me as your dad and your grandsire and your husband and your dad. Yep. It was such a real and raw and human moment between them. And that whole scene just broke my heart because for a moment there, he gives that really powerful speech about seeing him as he is and this house of the dragon needs to stop divide there's this genuine pleading in his voice for the sake of this old man who loves you all so dearly he knocked out of the park it was so genuine and everyone is smiling and laughing and like i said Otto was clapping and the music is happy and there's dancing and viserys is smiling a little and Rainier and Damon are laughing and everybody's having a really nice time. And it just feels so precious and hopeful and familial and wholesome for a little while after all of the heartache and the drama and the miscommunication and the weight of being the ones. They had this moment of levity, which I thought was so powerful. It just broke my heart. And then Viserys... um, has to leave because he is unwell and things start to deteriorate from there with the pig and um, Amond and all of that kind of thing. But it just felt like what an unbelievable, powerful moment and human moment for Viserys to spill his heart out to his people, his family. Yeah, I wish it would have worked. It worked for a little bit. It did work. It worked on the... It worked on the... Gen 1. I mean, it worked on Allison and it worked on Rhaenyra. I think it genuinely worked on them. I mean, they they too have got to feel emotional about all their kids being in the room together. Yeah, right, yeah. So it worked. 
And that feeling that I felt is, I think, going to be the spark that turns into stuff that we start hating, which is why we're going to keep watching. Mm-hmm. Man, man, it's oh, heavy. man. I like these kids, though. Me too. I like these kids. I like the lineup. I like uh, the fact that their parents are still going to be around trying to keep all the freaking chaos together and then stuff's going to get worse. So then they're going to have to probably get mad at each other again. Little Jace trying so hard to learn High Valyrian. He's like, I'm going to be a king. This is why David liked this season so much. She's like, this is the best show I've ever heard of. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, someone is learning High Valyrian. Someone is doing the Duolingo course within Mm -hmm. the episode. What a great ad that is. They should have flashed on the screen after they'd be like, you want to be a king too? (laughs) Learn High Valyrian. I loved Jace and Luke in this episode. They aged really well. I really, really liked that. Um, obviously, Eamon's... Sound creepy. They aged really well. Well, I mean, you know what I mean? They were so, as they were called in the last episode, plain face. I mean, they were mm-hmm. little boys. They had more of a personality now, for they sure. They had personality. Yeah. They had... Less mop-toppy. And they were less pushovers. It seemed like they for had sure. this strength to them that we didn't get to see last episode. I know they were I little kids, agree. but I just, yeah, they... 100%, yeah. They grew yeah. up. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so maybe it's not going to be completely one-sided. Exactly. We're going to have some fight in this a little bit. But Amon, oh my God, in the training yard, gave old Christine Cole a run for his money. He really did. Christine Cole broke quite a sweat there. He calls to his nephews. He's like, you guys going to join? Oh, that was such a great greeting. Nephews, are you here to to train? I'm locked in right now. He's like, I have problems, serious problems, but they allow me to focus on things that I find to be important. The problem is... I'm into really bad things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm as bad as Egan. What's up with him? Dude. What is going on with him? What do you think is going on with him? <laughs> yeah, that was messed up. And I th- I thought that Allison was poisoning that little girl. Yes. Just because. Maybe she wanted to... Rem- I thought they were going to go sort of... Let's I, go I hate to in. compare to other characters. But I thought they were going to go a little Cersei with it. Sure, yeah. Where it's like, okay... Well, I guess it was Joffrey with Robert's bastards, but still, it you seem it seems like at a certain point Cersei would have been like, okay, maybe it's worth getting rid of a vector that might seriously cause ruin to my house. So if if word of this were to get out well, right right now, for sure, that's what someone would do in their case because raping someone, this, you're, he's not going to be able to survive as the person that he was before because that's the kind of sh- we don't stand for that kind of shit now and it seems like that they are pretty loose about that in westeros even up to where we are and the current story but when people when authorities know about it and someone that's not really well connected does it they get sent to the wall mm-hmm. or something but there's it's just it's kind of like damon cutting Vaman's head into no circumstances for people in their position and so i thought maybe since it's already that fucked up, then maybe Allison will just poison this girl to get rid of all the loose ends. Well, especially because it came immediately after the sequence of Damon checking Viserys' cup. Remember when yeah. he was asking yeah, for his true. tea and just... So Viserys- that's not an accident then. Yeah. Maybe she did kill well, her. Well, so then again, later, one of the other maid girlies asked where Diana was and Allison just hugged her. Hmm. So write in, I guess people can write in and let us know what they yeah. how they read that situation, but it seemed pretty open-ended. But I think that the fact that it followed, immediately followed some suspicion about, why are you drugging Viserys so hard? Yeah, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But uh, 
Her name was what again? Diana. Diana. She looked a little bit like young Millie Alcock. And I thought that there was a little bit of rage in there for for ladies like her. I mean, she's put in a position, she was forced into a position that could ruin the rest of her life. Uh, Which person? Diana was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Allison, I just um, was picturing her in that position that she, that they were trying to make us feel like she could be some kind of an evil witch. That just oh, that hates, Allison could be just hates someone that looks yes. like young Rainer. Yeah. Oh, a little bit extra. I see what you're saying. And yeah, I see what you're saying. A little bit of harsher punishment. So that, on top of the the potential vector with being a loose or being somebody that could be a loose end for for Egan's reputation that, and potentially carrying a baby or something. Exactly, and that on top of then this Allison that we see at the end of the episode, who's just misinterpreting something. I mean, it's once it it yeah, lands, she's been so confusing this whole season like that, and it's so. It lands so well because it feels. So we maybe it's a sort of fake history lesson where it's like we didn't get the whole story in that scene. So depending on how we see Allison, we could color it whichever way I mean, we want. We get three perspectives in House of the Dragon, right? And all three of them are House of the blood. Dragon and Fire and Blood, and all three of them are pretty different. And so that's the major lesson that we are supposed to take from Fire and Blood, which is that history is never completely as it's written there's always more than one opinion or more than one account and so allison hmm. i think yeah, that's has a deeper lesson not just about history about modern times of too. course yeah, yeah i think like so how things actually are i think allison has danced that line more finely than anybody else in the show so far she's danced out of my i'm not able to catch her and, i know. And know exactly what she's up to i still don't really know and surprised me in the last episode and again in this one with what seemed like a legitimate um making up with rhaenyra we may need to do another team blacks or greens poll because I wonder if this has shifted anybody's. No, opinion Kristen one Cole way or the is other. on the blacks. So <laughs> He's we, on the greens. Oh, don't, sorry, my don't bad. You my bad. <laughs> Kristen Cole, I, sometimes my brain slips. Kristen Cole's on the greens, so uh, they're not going to win the poll. People are going to vote. That's one of those guys that's just, no, if he's on your team, it's. Usually I think that kind of a thing is bad to do, but when Kristen Cole. Maybe that's how everybody else feels that I think is being ridiculous. Chris and Cole needs to be sent to the wall. Oh, for sure. Still looks good, I think though. you should send him to South Rose. He looks good, though. Yeah, far away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Completely far away. This is a Kristen Cole hate podcast, but we didn't really, we had like a flash of him with Eamon in the yard, but that was it that we saw for him this episode. Yeah, he's losing grip on his uh, his uh, weight. Uh, his influence, I think, mm-hmm. on the kingdom at large. If before long, they're they're gonna send him to the wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, before long, for sure, for sure. So, are you getting the impression that Viserys's deterioration is not just a, a narrative that mirrors the status of his family in the kingdom and how well he's paying attention to his duties? Do you think that he could be slowly being brought down by maybe House Hightower? Or maybe by the Maesters, who could potentially be working with the High Towers. I would have maybe said yes last week, or I maybe would have said yes while reading Fire and Blood. But after this episode and kind of what we're saying about Allison, I just don't think so. Viserys has been sick for this whole season, basically. He was falling apart in episode one. Or was that? Either way, episode one or two. I mean, he's putting his he hand into his hand. a bunch of maggots. <laughs> yeah, episode one, he did have uh, the uh, scabs forming. It's been how many years since then? 20? It's been a lot of years since then. 
And so his body being in decline, I think, feels really shocking to us as the viewer because these jumps are really doing him dirty. He does not look good in this episode. He looks legit scary in this episode. And so I'm more inclined to believe that he is just genuinely aging and that he is just genuinely dealing with these... I feel like Fire and Blood makes it a little bit more explicit. We got this early on in the season that a lot of his ailments are coming from the throne itself because he gets cut up more than once in Fire and Blood. And we saw it once in House of the Dragon. So I think Fire and Blood makes a little bit clear that he is deteriorating because of the throne itself. The physical throne, the pressure of the throne, the family. Also of his personal choices. Yeah. And so basically gives himself gout. 15 years earlier mm-hmm. than anyone else could because, because he's too he's stressed so, well that and he's so rich and yeah. has access to all these wonderful inflammatory foods and doesn't move physically very much either right so i'm still in that camp of that's his problem i'm sure that i mean you know what it's we all probably have some sort of experience with a family member in a life or death or a life-threatening situation where you're all kind of in the hospital and it's like what are they giving this guy like can we check on what's happening over here you know like of course we, yeah. so i think that that's more of what damon is checking because he loves him because he he's loves holding him. on to some kind of hope i think that it would be intriguing if potentially they are over drugging him to make him more comfortable but to also help their position because now Otto gets to be leaning on the throne in the way he did, looking way too comfy. It helps. And I think Rainey's potentially... Who told Rhaenyra that she... That the high towers were just keeping the throne warm? That, you know, there... Some, somebody said that along the way. Um, well, Ra- no, Rainey's was saying how the high towers are going to land their first blow with the Lord yeah. of the Ties. Somebody else was talking about them being seat warmers, essentially. Anyway, it helps Otto and Alicent's situation for Viserys to be deteriorating. But I do think that this is happening on its own. And I do think that Alicent, even though she's now like a religious zealot, is doing what she thinks is the right move. And Rhaenyra even says so in her toast to her. She says, you've been loyal to my dad. More than anybody. So that's what I think. I don't know if you see it. I saw it differently. just thinking about Balin Targaryen, too. Just all these wonderfully um, useful developments for them at this current point. But it was a written story, for one. And for two, that time gap like you're talking about, it's not like it was super quick. That's a really patient uh, way to unfold your plan. If you're going to take that long to do it. So, Otto may be driving some of this more than Allison. Well, you said that you think it's perfectly natural. I would say it's 95% natural. You think that if it's not a direct uh, substance that they're that they're using on them or, or, or kind of substances, that it's a, uh, a sort of lack of good care? We were sort of given into it or a perspective on how the previous maester made his decision on Mr. Mellows decided how to deal with uh, 
the birthing scene, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. And they, they seem to be wishy-washy on the leeches, too. It's, so maybe we're supposed to assume incompetence to some degree. But when you watch the way they make up their mind, it, it's hard to know whether they're being incompetent or if they're playing stupid because... You know, that's the way that they exert control over this the situation mm-hmm. for either themselves or whatever guild that they subscribe to. That's all possible, and it's a mystery that's something we're still trying to work out from A Song of Ice and Fire. And maybe it's meant to always be there, but that, that length of time, maybe we can put it to bed then. Because I've been wondering about it, and it seemed really forefront for me when I was watching this episode. Because he's just dealing with so much agony and pain. It's just creeping in such a miserable way and it's not something recognizable from the universe like grayscale and they don't really talk about it that much they don't name it so i just feel sus on it but i know it doesn't really matter because he's dead and it does matter though because it puts more check marks into the side of the greens for playing dirty it's such a long amount of time. I don't. I think that the worst thing that they could be doing is maybe just making bad medical choices to not make him better and to continue to have him drugged. I think that there's definitely something to the efficacy of your immune system whenever you're constantly bombarding your... I don't know how it works scientifically, but uh, just something... Neither do they. There's <laughs> 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 something about the, the uh, style of painkiller that Milk of the Poppy is. And uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to make sense of things medically to me. I don't know what a poppy does <laughs> when you take too much of it. Mm-hmm. But I think that whatever they do to make milk of the poppy, if you're constantly dulling your nerves or whatever it's doing um, to stop you from feeling what's happening, you're probably dulling a little bit of activity and action over time. It, you cognitively can't even feel who you are anymore. Of course, yeah. And if, he, if that's your current constant state, I just don't think that you're going to get the kind of healing that you need to actually be better or to make the right decisions. And that's probably how you get in a situation where auto... Or even be lucid. Auto, yeah, exactly. And so let's just go ahead and call the the uh, Driftmark throne into question in open court right now and make everyone travel all the way here. Just because we know that he... Is too drugged up to get out of bed and know what we're talking about, and no one's going to go in the room and tell him. So we can just get away with it. But That's he what is was in so a crazy. lot of pain. Yeah, he's in a lot of pain, but that doesn't mean you can just start ruling the kingdom in different ways right. while he's alive. I don't Completely. think anyone really talked about how crazy that was. Completely. Well, Allison, I thought it was really telling when Rainier and Damon show up. Yeah, and they go right and to they're his looking room. around. They're like, hey, I know this is bad, but oh, you're talking about when they arrived. Yeah, yeah they're looking around. That was crazy. And Allison has this huge seven-pointed star necklace. And there's necklace. one hanging in the castle. Yeah. Everyone, they're looking around like, yeah. what? Where did this come from? Well, she's like, it got weird when we tried to wear Hightower stuff, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> emblems within the, the Red Keep, so we just went to neutral ground. Right. I mean, that's a greater tale, right? Mm-hmm. When you have less of a, an authority to stand on, you move to an authority that can not be contested and that speaks outside of you. And... Uh, I mean, when you look at the—let's just limit it to Westerosian history. If they were to get the faith, which—think of where they're stationed. Hello, what's who's the, the lord of where the, the, the headquarters of the faith are in Westeros? Lord Hightower. What about the maesters? Lord Hightower. It would be a good advantage to have these guys on your side if, if things get weird. And so the crown is not supported—well, sorry, the crown will be supported if— the people that are currently in charge stay in charge by the faith and the maesters. I mean, doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Another 
weapon, a couple weapons in the column for House Hightower. Well, we, and that's, we put your decor up around the castle. Who are you going to pick? Right. I'm wearing it now. Allison's always been really devoted, though. Oh, I'm sure. Very. She, remember she was trying to, she was telling Rainier just to pray early on in the season. She was, they're, they're sitting in front of all those candles and she's like, just pray about it. She's like, stop trying to hit on me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that was to go back to talking about the question of secession for the Lord of the Tides. Mm-hmm. That would have given whoever that went to, whether it was Baymond or to uh, Luke or Rainey's, that's going to depend on where those ships lie. And the Lord of the Tides is going to owe Allison Hightower if Vaymond now gets to be in power because Allison decreed it so. Those ships now belong to the side of the Greens. And so that's just another mm. chance for them to shore True. up their... Their inventory of weapons. Inventory now, maybe artillery at some point. Sure. Damon found three dragon eggs. So I feel like it's ticking the boxes of, here's what these guys have. So we can know. Dang. That's why we would potentially care. But That's a really important thing for them to have not lost today then. And they did. Well, I'm talking about, I, when I say them, I'm talking about the blacks. Of right. Course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My yeah. My chosen yeah. squad. Right. Hmm. There's a lot of, uh, again, what has made this season so great is that every conversation has 15 layers to it. And so there's a lot of maneuvering. A little finger to be so proud. He wishes. Everybody's playing on such a high level here. God, Littlefinger would so be on the greens. Mm-hmm. He would for sure. <laughs> I was so annoyed at the beginning of the episode when Vagon was was literally using that potential to get allies that wanted a different thing to his own family at Driftmark. We're going to change this because of that. What a little squirrely way to be. I, I mean, I guess it's easy for Viserys to be the most unsquirrely one in his own way because there's no other place to climb to yeah it's pretty comfortable you can make those decisions but i don't know rainey's doesn't seem to be someone who does much of that either but rainier very shamelessly in this episode just carries on saying that these are lanor's kids mm-hmm. it's just like, we all think that she's the coolest and then that's not very cool of her i know i agree i was so fresh it was just another moment of frustration that we had a few weeks back of how could you really mess this up as bad as you did yeah and we know that we want her to we we know we like her and uh, i'm not speaking for everyone obviously maybe some of you all are team green but to those of us who want her to uh, i guess at least win this rivalry at the very least she did we kind of we kind of overlook the fact that she's not being that cool i don't think we overlook it but i think that it's overshadowed by the the rest of the conflict how that's lame going on, Chris, Kristen Cole and Allison can be. Yeah, you know, they can just be snivelly, and so we don't like that. But she's being pretty snivelly by not acknowledging something that's true, especially when multiple people involved are dead, and we all make sense of it because we like her and because it would be it would mess everything up. Well, if what you good told does acknowledging it do? It's only gonna like you. It like you said, it's gonna only ruin the line of secession for her. Those are her sons. At the end of the day, those are her sons. Yeah, I just think it's important to point out that everyone's playing the game, and of course, no one is of not course. playing it. Well, and Rainera comes to her dad at this episode and says, "Why did you do this to me? 
basically. Mm-hmm. And how the burden was just maybe too much for her to bear. And the the game was maybe... She says to Viserys, by naming me your heir, you divided everybody. Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to bring everybody together. Can't you see what's going on? And she thought she wanted it. She says, but the burden is a heavy one, too heavy. Love was the death of duty. Yes. For his little Rhaenyra. Yes. And so I thought that was a really powerful moment because I agree. I think we let a lot of stuff that Rhaenyra, especially in this episode, that she's doing slide because we like her and because she's the one and she's the realm's delight. But she's not perfect. Mm. I was mad at her for, I was legit pissed off at her like three weeks ago, you know? So... I've forgiven her a little. But it doesn't but. even matter now because they're, the torch has been passed, right? Well, and her and Damon have kids now. So you could almost pass over her older kids and say, Look at these. Look at these guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to. I raised your blondies with my blondies. But Viserys made a decision so long ago that what is she supposed to do other than continue to uphold the narrative? She should just have been You're right. cooler and more careful. Can't they just yeah. dye their hair yellow? You know what I mean? They should have, but... Just shave their heads. Yeah, I guess you're right. They're like, we're bald. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's more complicated than that. No, it's but. not. That's actually a really good plot hole that they left out. Was there no barbers alive in Westeros? Oh, my God. There they had c- to have been because Damon's hair is perfectly trimmed. Oh, no, no. His his wigs get he does ex- not do extra that himself. attention. <laughs> yeah. <But> surely, <laughs> surely. Okay, man. So, what do you think is going to go down in the last two episodes? We always ask this question without ever watching the trailer, <laughs> which I think is so chaotic. I think that trying to just base off of what we've seen in the show, I think that. The conflict between Alicent and Rhaenyra, based off of what Viserys said to both of them, is going to be very interesting to see. Because once again, the two of them feel like they're in the right. They have conviction and goodness on their side. I'm curious to see a couple people, how Otto plays into that and feeds the fire, if or what Rainey's role might be in that or if she's played the role already by speaking up and i'm really looking forward to watching the kids relationship deteriorate because it's very obvious that there is no opportunity for them to make peace if if there was it's without that dinner i think they haven't seen each other in years and then they come together and there's more hate than there was before they're grown men now so i'm looking forward to seeing how that will break down and then what the repercussions are for the Targaryens, for the realm. They're not little kids fighting with swords in the schoolyard anymore. And so, like we've been saying, these are our main focus now. So what will that mean? Well, Zimbabwe was playing at home. If you guess that Viserys would die in episode eight, ding, 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 you get a thousand points. I think we guessed nine. I thought nine. I thought even 
till the end of the after the episode. I thought nine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see the fallout of his death in nine. So I guess we weren't completely wrong there. And then I'm, I'm just curious about ten then, because I feel like you can almost stop it there. So I'm gonna I'm buckling up. What if we see some dragon action in ten? Like uh, just washing them. Taking them for a <laughs> Some walk. Some fighting. <laughs> Some fighting. I hope not. I'm wishing for a peaceful resolution between all these guys. I think that this is quite a squad, and if they all came together, what a what a tier of the dynasty to rule over Westeros between all of them. This is the stuff, Lionel. <laughs> exactly. Imagine. Exactly. I just like I just like their all their dynamics together. They know. all have such different personalities. It's really fun. And Aegon going after Jace, he's like, do you even know how to please a woman? Like, he was really coming on to him so intensely and really hard. And (laughs) Jace was trying really, really hard to handle it maturely. But they all have such strong personalities. They all have such great, I don't know, it's hard not to say strong and everything, but they all have such (laughs) (laughs) bold personalities. And so um, their dynamic is going to be really fun to continue to see how that plays. I agree with you. They could be like they could squat really hard. That's what Viserys is trying to say, and that's the These whole point of Fire things. and Blood. The whole point of Fire and Blood is that we're strong as we are united and weak as we are divided. That's what I think too. <laughs> I think that's a pretty obvious point. But the uh, said it best. It's hard to sometimes implement that whenever mm-hmm. you really don't agree with something else that's happening. Totally. Yeah. Don't look at me for this because <laughs> if I was one of those kids. I would be doing the same thing. There's no forgiveness. The kids have no context. They don't know that their moms were besties. So there's no context there. So of course they're going to take it all the way. I would too. Sign me up. Well, on our next episode, we're going to be watching again, talking about all the small stuff and uh, all the cool things from the production. I know there was a handful of stuff in here that caught my eye. For now... We will give our owns. And believe me, I'm trying to soak up these moments because this was episode eight. Man. And there's only two left. And I don't think that we're going to get a season in 2023. Stop. That's what the rumor is. Literally, stop. They're going to be in production. (laughs) I understand how that logistically makes sense, but I do not want to... I can't think about that. So... Let's do the rest of this hot D season together and let's turn the volume up to 11 and let's try to implement that feeling that uh, all the kids felt whenever the adults agreed. I have some little loans before my main own. My first one is going to go to when Vaymond is dancing around the word bastard and there was a really long pause and <laughs> Damon goes, say it. <laughs> He's just egging him on. That was really awesome. I loved that. And then he screamed it. That was really powerful. Also, little own to um, Viserys and to Otto when Viserys says that thing about dinner. Give me 20 seconds. Um, Say it. I want to have supper, Otto. It's the morning, your grace. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. It's just another great little... Viserys moment, but I think my overall own, and like I was saying, probably one of my favorite scenes of this whole season so far was Viserys very dressed up. He was dressed to the nines. He had cloaks we've never seen him in before. 
He has little Phantom of the Opera mask on. It was incredibly powerful to see him using every last bit of effort to get to the throne and then to have Damon help him the last step of the way when he refused help from anyone else. I mean, unbelievable. It was so powerful. And I know we've said this again and again, but we're eight episodes into season one of House of the Dragon. That's the big point, I think. And yeah. Viserys walking to the throne. Yeah. Viserys, who in Fire and Blood is a throwaway character, kind of. Mm-hmm. It broke my heart. It was so powerful. And so Viserys just saluted. salute the troops. I mean, that was unbelievable. So my own goes to that moment i'm so so surprised those were great i'm so surprised you didn't choose auto small clapping as one of your small owns that was his (laughs) clap was so auto i don't know how else to describe it other than that was such a beautiful auto moment he was laughing too so glad we've been blessed with all these fresh memes i know (laughs) just hot and ready (laughs) okay i'm gonna give my own to a few things um, classic Damon cutting someone's head off unexpectedly. That was pretty cool. And I think that just the concept of Eamon being as effective as he is so quickly and so with it has really set us up for some cool stuff. And my final own to the introduction of Eric oh, yes. and the mention of his brother, Eric, hopefully we meet them both one day soon. <laughs> I totally missed that. And you nudged me. You're like, it's Eric. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know. You know. <laughs> so that's it for our owns. We're going to get off this podcast right now and retweet yours until we record our next one. So that'll be throughout the week. You can find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter by searching for Game of Owns. You can send us an email to contact at gameofowns.com. And we're going to be asking some questions in a couple days to frame our midweek conversation. So check us out. Send us your owns. Hit us up with your memes. If anybody gets a gif of auto clapping, please send that our way ASAP. (laughs) And we'll see you soon.